0: How's it going everybody? Hope everyone's having a fantastic day, night, evening, dusk, dawn, whatever time of day you are listening to this. I invite you to pull up a chair, sit back and relax and welcome you to part one of the season two finale of the SPEMA Council podcast. Uh, As the year's winding down, I just want to say I hope everyone's finals and exams have gone, have gone real well for you. It's a stressful time. It's a stressful time of year. And to be honest, I think it's even amplified, uh, this year. So I hope, uh, that you've had, that you've had a relatively stress-free, uh, time handling those, but, um, this, this is, this is a highlight of, of, of doing, of doing this for sure. We've had, Uh, no hyperbole, one hell of a year, 20 episodes, which is unbelievable. And I just want to say thank you so much to the listeners who have been supporting this, uh, whether you've been in since season two or whether you've been a day one supporting the show and tuning in, we literally cannot thank you enough for, uh, for the, uh, for, for the boost that, uh, you've given uh, the show and the podcast team. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we get to our members of the panel, let's meet the co-host for uh for this for this for this episode, our current podcast administrator and the incoming SPEMA Council VP for 2021 22 Not a big deal. Neville Medill what's popping my guy?
1: Not much. It's uh it's kind of good to hear that out loud. It's you know it's finally sync again. Um pretty you excited. Just for you just
0: need you just needed the ego bump there, did you?
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Well, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for what's coming with being council and I'm excited to be here with uh, some graduating students that I can learn a little bit from.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, with that, let's get to the panel. Now, normally I'd be rambling on about uh, about the about uh, about about these about uh, our guests uh, and in this case a panel. But uh, let's change it up a little. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm asking um, each member of the panel to introduce them introduce themselves, their hometown. Um, uh, how many years they've been in SPEMA and you know a little fun fact about uh about the about about themselves so uh let's start at uh, at the top of my screen uh the outgoing SPEMA council president uh or El Prez as he uh as he likes to call himself for some odd reason uh let's not make any judgments here Ethan Crystal. Hey
2: everybody uh, as well said uh, my name is Ethan Crystal in my last push here uh third year of SPEMA um I got at this point of recording even though I hate to date myself I got two assignments left so by the time you're hearing this I'm going to be well off and graduated so congrats to all uh SPEMA grads for for accomplishing such uh, an amazing feat um huge congratulations to everybody across the board who's graduating and ending their SPEMA career uh per you know what well said I'm originally from Montreal Quebec Canada um and what was the last question? Well, I thought it was fun just fact? A little,
0: just a little fun fact about yourself. Got it.
2: Uh, I mean, it's probably known to some that this fall I will be moving uh, down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, attending lSU for grad school for the next two years. Uh, I'd also be um, omit to not say that uh, Pat Maxey and I are, are good friends, so a couple of fun facts there. <laughs>
0: The first, the first one, the first one we can confirm, but the second one is up for is up for debate. So the second
2: one you can't not confirm. So
0: fair enough, but we'll leave the comments to the side. So don't get ahead of yourself, big boy. All right, uh, let's move on to Suzanne Kelly. Hey
3: everyone, thanks so much for having me. I am the current outgoing treasurer for Sport Management Council. I am in my second year at Brock. I did three years at a college in Windsor to get an advanced diploma. So I don't really know too, too much about Brock, but I had the uh, honor of getting on to Spima Council and being able to learn a lot there and make a lot of friends through that. So That's been pretty awesome. Um, I'm originally from Paris, Ontario, not France, um, and have just loved my time at Brock. I don't really know what a fun fact uh, is about me. Um, I just love to travel and I'm hoping that I get to do that. And then hopefully grad school after that. So yeah, thanks for
0: having me. Oh, uh, honestly, honestly, everyone everyone's hoping to travel after 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 this after this after this pandemic, cross country, overseas, whatever. We've so we've all missed that aspect of our lives, and fingers crossed, to we'll be able to do that soon. Last and certainly not least, and I apologize if I butcher this. If I butcher this, flame me in the comments. Emmett Britton, how's it going?
4: Hey, thanks for having me today. Um, fourth year outgoing graduating student who isn't on student council so a bit different a bit of a different perspective than the other two um i'm from toronto ontario the six um huge leafs fan raptors fan blue jays fan everything let's that comes go. out of toronto huge fan of it let's go baby fun, yeah let's go um previously a fun fact about me i was at york university before brock uh for kin wasn't in love with the school or the program uh decided to start take some years off do some research into kind of the field I want to get into. And I started here at 23, so I'm actually 26 now and graduating. So a little bit of a different perspective.
0: Interesting, very, 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 very interesting. Three different, three three different paths, but uh, but all are uh, are very, very uh, compel- compelling stories that uh, we're that I'm sure we're going to be diving into uh, over the course of this finale. So, um, starting off with the de facto first word of the SPEMA Council podcast, and anyone can go ahead and grab this one. What makes your story unique? Um, I- I
2: Jumping. Go ahead,
3: go ahead. <laughs> No, that's okay. Um, so like I said, I had attended St. Clair College in Windsor for three years um, and I was the first one out of my program there to come to Brock um, and a lot of Brock transfers are from Niagara or from Humber. So um, the Honorable Stephanie Brooks did not really know much about my program, the school or anything like that, as it's a new program there. So it was really cool to take the perspective of being in Windsor, um, I call it a true border city compared to being in St. Catharines that some people call it a border city. Um, I was able to make it to a Tigers game faster than I was able to get onto my campus. So that was very, very cool. Um, so yeah, like it was really cool to come to a university in a whole different city and a whole different part of the province and um, have that different perspective coming in and having the college perspective coming into university and having the chance to have a totally different resume than some of the other people that have been in this program. Um, so it's been very cool to have that mindset and outlook and then be able to learn from other people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Like that, it's an interesting perspective, you know, coming from, you know, co- coming, coming from, coming from, co- coming from college, uh, where, you know, you, you see a university, the university transfer, but, uh, you know, college, college, university, uh, uh, you don't, you don't see, you don't see that, uh, you don't see that too often, eh?
3: Mm -hmm. and I was really lucky to be able to get two years normally it's I would have had to be here for two and a half or three so um yeah definitely was helped a lot by the people in the program and been able to do some summer courses and everything to kind of accelerate that but yeah it, it was definitely a big transition I know when I stepped in my first lecture I was blown away I my class started with 60 people and ended with 28 for the graduating so um, it was definitely like a huge culture shock, had no idea what to expect, um, and yeah, it was pretty crazy, but it's cool that sport management is such a close-knit program, I found, that it still had that kind of small town, small school feel, and Brock is a very uh, welcoming school, so it was definitely an easier adjustment, adjustment than I thought it would be.
2: 100%.
0: Emmett or Ethan?
2: So, I was just going to say quickly, um, before, and if I want to jump in after, uh, go ahead. You, the question asked, What makes our story unique? I think what you guys have done here in getting, terms of getting the panel, the three panelists who have all kind of taken alternative routes to Brock's fantastic. Uh, because there's, there's so much more than just kind of finishing high school, grade 12, coming to Brock, doing this as your program. Emma went to York, I went to Concordia, Sue's went to Windsor. Did I get that right? Windsor, St.
3: Clair, but well, it's in Windsor,
2: St. Clair, <laughs> so close. I knew I, anyway.
3: you're good.
2: She's coming from St. Clair. Uh, you guys got, you know, three kind of different paths, which is super awesome and makes the, 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 the first question really kind of um, poignant in here uh, in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know if Emma, you wanted to jump in or not.
4: Sure. Yeah. So uh, out of high school, you know, 17, 18 year old Emmett was just excited to get into university with the friends and peers and the girlfriend and all that. So uh, just kind of went head in without really doing much research. Uh, I was always, always gifted in regards to academics. I didn't really study much in high school. I scraped by with, you know, mid eighties. So I got accepted everywhere I went, but you know, I was a Toronto boy. So York was a feasible option for me financially. Uh, went in without, you know, doing much of that campus tour and whatnot. And uh, just, I wasted a couple of years there. Let's put it that way. I didn't have the passion for the school, the population, the program. Um, and it's, it's very difficult and I've understood that now coming from sport management, how difficult, how much easier it is when you have that passion so um you know i spent two years there the first year didn't go super well the second year i kind of rectified some of the mistakes but just realized with some you know great people around me that i should do some research if this isn't what if if, if this is not what you want to do um there might be better options out there for you so i took a year off worked full-time paid off some of the debt um did some research was looking at ryerson sport media uh, and they told me to come out and check uh brock sport management uh, and i just instantly fell in love with the campus, the student population. Uh, I was doing another podcast a couple weeks ago and I said the first thing that stood out to me was you know going up to the faculty offices and you know seeing the sport jerseys, the paraphernalia, the posters, uh, friendly people, Stephanie Brooks I think, uh, sorry Suzanne, yeah Suzanne said was wonderful. Uh, I wasn't even a student at the time but they sat there and talked to me, invited me into their offices and it was just that feeling of culture and community I didn't get at York. Uh, Not to mention I have a significant sport background and it was just an absolute blessing and a match, and it has just transcended and manifested from there.
0: Hundred percent, and that that's that's a real. I mean, that's you know, yeah. It it's, it sounds that you know you had you had to do some real life of life evaluations, uh, real, real, real early. Uh, you know, and, and that, I, you know, I imagine that comes with, with a bit, with a bit of pressure, like talk about, you know, you're, you're in, you're in a program and you find out, okay, this is, this isn't actually what I want to do. What now, na- what, what now? Right. So I imagine it, it was quite an interesting process, but you know, it came with pressure because I, I, I imagine you thought, you know, you're net, you're net, you're, you're in terms of next moves, the next move was, uh was probably going to be one of your most important life decisions, I imagine.
4: Yeah, there was uh, tremendous pressure. I know I was developing little anxiety attacks because I just had no idea what my future had. And to me, it was university was the path that I needed to take. And it was something that I've always said I needed to complete. So, you know, realizing that York wasn't it and I didn't know what that next step was. Um, it was a very scary proposition for 20 21-year-old 20, Emmett, um, But at the end of the day, I'm so happy I'm here. I'm so happy I'm leaving. The last four years have been a blessing. Um, And when I look back, this might be one of the best decisions
0: I've ever made in my life. hundred percent. hundred percent. And if that's not getting out of your comfort zone, then I don't know what the hell is. Um, So last but not least, Ethan.
2: I kind of have a bit of the same path as Emmett took. I was not doing something I wanted to do. Uh, I'll speak to Emmett's point that, you know, you're coming out of high school, you're 17, 18 years old. Uh, in Quebec, we graduated after grade 11, so I think I was 17 years old. And like, just a, you look at the world and you think the world's your oyster and you, you potentially just get so caught up in so many things. I went to CJEP, Marianopolis College, you know, a well-known CJEP. They have high standards and I just, I didn't get it right away. You know, I coming out of high school, I was like an 80s student and I show up and I don't really get it. Uh, I struggled mightily. It took me three years to do a two-year program. It's something that I own. I actually had struggled, and I was 18 years old, and we'd be going out, and I'd be hanging out, and I wouldn't put school first, and, and, and it definitely hindered me, and it brought me backwards, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I did commerce, and I did social, and there's just so much that's going on, and, and you get consumed sometimes by your environment, so it was really tough for me personally just to kind of get out of that. Um, I ended up you know, going to one-year Concordia University in political science with the aim of of raising my GPA and and being good enough to qualify for their business school then. And somewhere along the way, I find a little school in St. Catharines, Ontario called Brock university that has a sport management program and ding light bulb in my head. I've loved sports my entire life. I want to work in sports one day. I think I can take the passion that I have as a fan and I think I could twist it and I think I could turn it and make it into a career because you want to be pushed and fueled and, motivated, that's something that you love and you want to get up every morning for. I didn't, you know, particularly, and this is no offense to anybody who, you know, works in the business industry. I didn't see myself, you know, wanting to go to a nine to five pencil pusher job at a desk for the same thing for 40 years. That's not me. I I didn't want that. So finding Brock, you know, was really an amazing kind of feat for me. And I also looked at the Ryerson program as well. And, you know, going back and forth and no tripping at Ryerson at all. They run a fantastic sport media program. I just wanted to go more to the management side so you know same kind of you know stories eminent just in terms of like finding yourself and taking that time that you need uh to really get you to where you want to be and and I agree it's the best decision. it's you know completely changed my life it's 180 kind of to from where I was to where I am now
1: yeah I definitely can chip in here I don't want to ship the spotlight on me but I took a gap year after high school I felt like everyone in grade 12 was kind of like know rushing like all this pressure to go like right away and like that just wasn't me i was like i just want to work just like hang out for a little bit in toronto you know do my thing and just take a step back make sure i'm going on the right path and it was probably the best decision i ever made so um you know going on to the next question that we kind of have for you guys so outside of the class outside of you know spima 2 p P98 or Spema uh one p 92 uh, what have been some of the things that you've done to elevate your SPEMA experience? And how would you advise others who are interested in doing that same thing? Uh, I guess we can start with Ethan this time.
2: Um, so obviously uh, one of the biggest things getting involved outside is just being involved with SPEMA Council. I, you know, I've been there from the from basically the start of my SPEMA career and it's been three oh, amazing fun. years a heck of a ride and, you know, sad that it is ending as we saw at the last meeting. Um, but just think, I'll speak from a general perspective, the female experience is really what you make of it. Um, you know, it really is the definition of you get out of it, what you put in. You know, if you're somebody who's showing up to class just to kind of show up to class and, and do your work, you'll get it done, right? You'll get the grades necessary and you'll graduate, and you'll have a degree. But if you're somebody who's showing up to class and taking the opportunity like Emmett did to meet your professors, and getting involved with, within the community and, and reaching out and going to networking events and doing X, Y, and Z within your time at the program, taking advantage of literally everything it has to offer, your experience will be elevated tenfold, twentyfold, 20 hundredfold, 100 whatever it may be. Um, so I guess my advice is to just do everything while you can. Uh, we were, uh, Will and I were fortunate enough to interview a friend of mine, Roddy, uh, Roderick McKinnon, who works with the COC, and he you know said something that really kind of still resonates with me is that right now, we're all in our 20s, uh, and our 20s are, you know, big years for us just in terms of, of personal growth and, and professional growth. And this is the time where, you know, in a non-COVID year, we should be traveling, we should be experiencing stuff life has to offer before, you know, it's time to get into your full-time work, and you're maybe not able to do that because of family or work or whatever it may be. So the 20s is such an important time um, in the development of, of anybody, of an individual. So. I kind of, my biggest thing is just do everything you can. If you can, obviously there are certain limitations, but do everything you can when possible. Uh, take advantage of everything. You know, I'm a huge proponent for going exchange. Just do it. Go somewhere, anywhere. I wanted to go to the States. I did it. I got a heck of an experience. Uh, time in my life makes me want to go back, which is leading to the decision that I ended up going back. Um, we spoke to Roger. he went to China. Uh, I have friends who went to Australia. It's just that, you know, something big for me. So whatever you can do uh, while you're in university, just take advantage of that experience. Suze, we can move on to you.
3: Yeah. Um, I definitely think, like, outside of SPEMA, like, you know, your classes like Ethan mentioned, um, I would say I was kind of the student who showed up, like, showed up late. Like, I didn't really know what was going on. I got like I said I came in third year my first paper I wrote I went after I went right to the professor and said please help me I know I didn't do that right I know I didn't meet your standards I'm not sure Um, and then after that he said don't worry about that that's not what's like you're gonna get your degree you're gonna be fine but go out and get your volunteer experiences meet people make your connections and I was fortunate enough to have already had um, a couple internships at the college that I was at and in Windsor and everything that um where I was so I was able to have many little internships kind of here and there and so I was able to have kind of build up a resume and have different perspectives I worked at a um small municipality in their towns and recreation department so I was able to see that perspective of it and able to gain small little skill sets that I can now go to a job interview and say like oh I've done social media for four or five different companies but for all they know is that I made one or two posts right so I would say gain as much experience kind of across the board because what's so cool about sport management Ethan mentioned it it's not a nine to five pencil pushing job is that you can be in sport you can be in social media marketing you know business finance we, we know all of those so gaining little skill sets I think is really really important and I was able to do that um, coming here working for a local junior hockey team for one time a week you know not crazy commitment but Able to do it, make connections and have someone that you can talk to kind of afterwards trying to find a job and things like that. Again, join council and everything. Um, So that was definitely something that I would say like get involved with a club, even if it's not directly in sport management. Um, There's many different clubs that might attest to your um, passions and your values and things like that. And again, you can add that to your resume and say, I'm great at social media and I'm able to do that for your job or. I say social media because that's what I want to get into. But, you know, there's definitely lots that you can gain from something that is only an hour a week or something like that. So definitely have a little bit more spice on your resume than uh, your degree and maybe the internship you get. 100%,
0: 100% there, Suze. Emmett?
4: Yeah, a few things come to mind. Um, I'll try to trim it as best as possible so I'm not taking up too much time. Um, Outside of class, I mean, inside and outside of class, I'll start with this one, Uh, SPEMA 3PO2 in the internship class. Take advantage of those opportunities for experiential learning, both on campus and off campus. Um, I think we touched upon that a few times, the networking opportunities and the the real-life tangible experiences. Unbelievable. And just as someone who's graduating soon, who went through the internship process, who is now looking at potential careers and summer positions and contracts and whatnot, the first question I've had um, from almost every employee is, like great, you you do you do well in marketing, which is my pursuit. Like, what experience do you have? That's the first question. So, um I think something that might have transcended was the ability for me to use the knowledge I gained through phenomenal marketing professors here in the program uh, in an application setting. And uh, it is very much different learning it and writing essays on it than actually doing it. So, even if you have a significant passion, take advantage of course like three PO two which is a half credit, but sometimes it, take, it takes the duration of a full year. I was lucky enough to be a social media manager for uh youth sports wrestling championship at Brock last year. Uh, just a great, great, great experience. You know, I circled around, I had a supervisor in the department. Um, I, Kirstie Spence, Dr. Spence was a great asset to me. I would so circle back to, you know, Dr. Narain, Dr. Burton uh, for some insight into the marketing world to help develop my plans. Um, just, you see like the value in all of these different parts of that experience. If you get to network with you know industry workers, you get to partner with your professors, you get the experience, the hands-on. and then at the end of the day all of that can help develop like do um, develop your pro- professional and personal, personal development. Um, try to find some experiential learning opportunities outside of the program. So I'm a director for a nonprofit in Toronto. Uh, it's a national governing body for a pair sport organization. So being an advocate for Parasport, again, as a marketing director, I get to take that knowledge and experience I gain here on campus and use it in the real worlds for, you know, real stakeholders to have that benefit for that group. Um, and I guess the last thing is go and develop relationships with these profs. Like, we have a great staff here. Um, Dr. Kerwin, Dr. Burton, Dr. Narain, um, Dr. Hyatt. These are people I consider mentors, not just professors and um are times i go up to those offices and just have conversations with them about random things going on in life so um use them more than just an instructor they're phenomenal people in our program reach out they're invaluable people to know and great networking opportunities
0: 100 100 you know there's that there there's so much uh to take from uh from from your from from your responses so i mean uh whoever's whoever's listening to this show uh uh i it's probably best if you if you rewind all the way back and and listen and listen and listen to that again because there are uh a bount, a about bountiful pieces of advice that you know uh Depend like whether you're doesn't matter what year what year you're in there's 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 some there's at least something there's at least one or two things that that you know can can uh, can hopefully cater to your needs and uh hopefully something that you can that you, that you that, that you can that you can take it that you can take advantage of but you know again three real really really unique uh ways w- uh ways of uh of, ge- of getting of getting involved but but at the end of the day, there are always that 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 uh, that you know um, <clears throat> that you know when you start, you may not realize it. You may not realize it now, but. There, but those experiences uh, throughout throughout those daily duties create incremental small victories that'll 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 help you develop skills and uh, and 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 hopefully pave the path for uh, for, for for bigger wins uh in, in the long term, especially after graduation. I, I do wanna move on. Oh uh Susan, sure. my bad. Uh little no, okay. little little uh, uh called <laughs> an called there. Go ahead.
3: I just wanted to add, um, uh, it was mentioned, make connections with your boss, and of course, that's like a great advice, and I think that's something that will definitely benefit. But I think it's overlooked um, sometimes is networking with the people that are sitting literally right beside you in a lecture.
0: hundred percent.
3: And I think that's so important. And like as cliche it kind of sounds, be a kind person, um, be a nice person, be that person that people kind of want to be around, whatever that means to you, and um, and then create those net like we talk about networking a lot, we get preached as FEMA students a lot about networking and all these events and everything, um, but I, I truly think I'm not that great at networking. I'll be first, it scares me, I don't really know how to do it, and I know these professionals are kind of like, okay, there's all these kids coming up and they're saying the same thing, um, but I think that my connections uh, with some of my friends here are going to take me farther than maybe the connections that I am made at a networking conference, so I think that's something that's overlooked and not talked about enough because I Know all of these people are going to be very successful and do great things. So have them in your book, right? Have those people there elevate each other, help each other out. Um, even you know the smallest things of helping each other out on a project, like helping each other out on a resume,
0: and you know kind of gets the ball rolling there. So yeah, hundred percent, to- yeah. Ethan. Ethan, you had a quick point that you want to make?
2: Uh, well, as soon as you're going to come visit me at school. That's the first thing. Sue's coming visit me at school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Emmett brought up a fantastic one that I wanted to highlight real quick. Um, specific, obviously, the marketing, what he was talking about. Uh, I had a conversation with Professor Narain. Uh, this is probably at the end of, I guess, first semester this year. I didn't do as well as, like, you know, I would hope to in the sponsorship class. And he's like, listen, not everyone's going to get it, right? These specific areas, that they're not, you know, specific to whatever he's going to do. We have a, a quantitative analysis class. People may not love statistics, right? They may not want to do analytics in their classes, a the hockey analytics class as well. Every single class may not apply to every single person, but what Professor Narain said is that it's so different from when you are writing your essay to when you're putting a sponsorship proposal together. I just, I really want to highlight that, you know, Emmett said that I was absolutely like head on the nail right there. Like they're so different from when you were in class writing your essays or doing your exams to when you get in the real world. And what Professor Narain does is something that I love and and I particularly didn't do that well in his class. So maybe telling me that sponsorship space is not for me, but he really does set you up, uh, you know, for, for what you're going to see in the future. And, you know, when you think you put a great sponsorship plan together, he can come at you and say, listen, you know, th- there's optimism, right? And, and what you kind of hope to be, what to hope to see. And then there's a sense of realism that comes in that you're in the real sports industry and your budget really isn't $100 million. And, you know, you really don't have 52 weeks to put it together. And, you know, you really have you're so many constraints. And I just I wanted to highlight that Emmett, that, you know, had a great point there. Uh, in terms of, of specific to sponsorship, it's something that I experienced, but just in general, uh, not every class may be for everybody, and you got to take advantage there.
0: Yeah, that assignment has probably been one of the most challenging assignments I've ever done in uh, in my academic career. That uh, that act- that activation proposal, considering considering the time crunch, like that right there, that w- assignment was. Was as real world as you as you as you could as as you, as uh, as you could as as uh, as it as it gets, and you know with those, you know you really feel like you know there's you know, that there's stakeholders and there's consequences if you sort of, if, if you, if you, if you, if you sort, if you sort of, if you, if you sort of duff it. So, um, a great, great, uh, learning experience that's as close to a real world sporting, uh, sport industry experience as you can get in that uh, sponsorship class. Moving on to the next question. Um, and, uh, anyone can take a stab at this. Uh, can you shed some light on some of the challenges or like a particular setback you experienced as a FEMA student and, uh, uh, how are you able to uh, push past that?
2: Can we all kind of say the pandemic? Can we all I have mean, a, like Yeah,
0: sure. Why not? Sure, why not? So, if want to talk about that? Then, what, then
2: I mean, just in general, um, the pandemic threw a wrench in everybody's plans, right? As three graduating students, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to walk down the aisle and you know receive our diploma and, and go through that ceremony and. At the end of the day, obviously, there are much more important things than me you know, doing this with, uh, what's the word, uh, what's the word, I'm missing it, uh, you know, on your on your cap, what's the
3: The tassel the or the Yeah, tassel. the
2: tassel. I'm not going to be able to do the tassel, I know but trying to do.
3: That's,
2: that, that's okay, you know, that's the, the world goes on and, and there's so much, you know, more important stuff going on in the world right now. First off, it's getting the world back to a healthy place where, you know, COVID is hopefully uh, reduced to a point where it doesn't affect the entire world and everybody can get back to whatever normal becomes. So I think I think just in general, the pandemic, uh, I think all three of us have have the same answer if I can, I guess, speak specifically to myself. Um, Be the council really, you know, we were kind of taken aback by it by and in terms of what we had planned is not at all what, you know, we ended up going through and, and Suge can speak to this is that when oh, we, close. <laughs> the, when the execs had original meetings and when the new team had, you know, the original couple meetings talking about events, I, I think as an exec team, you know, we had spoken when everyone went home, we had spoken like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll be there in this in the summer. i uh, sorry, we'll be there in September. That's fine. You know, we'll plan for September. And I mean, at this point, you know, at the end of the year, I can, I guess I can divulge. We were having conversations with, University of Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills organization about getting events done in in Buffalo and we were so excited and like yeah you know we'll see you in the fall and quickly we'll see you in the fall turns into will we see you in the fall and then it turned out to we will see you on your computer in the fall and then it was like oh but we'll probably be there in January and then it's nope not in January so it's just that was a big challenge in general I think um, if anybody else wants to touch on the pandemic I kind of won't talk that much about it but personally um, challenges as a SPEMA student definitely a, that initial adjustment was the biggest one for me coming from uh, Montreal uh, moving out here not knowing a single person um, it, it's tougher than you think right you you definitely when when you grow up in a place you kind of develop your your circle I'll say your bubble now because what has that everyone has that word in their vocabulary, but um, you know the, 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 there's your crew you know the people that you know the people that you're comfortable with you know if you're board on a Friday night you know who to call because usually they'll want to hang out with you and coming to, coming to Brock moving into residence being on my own for the first time uh, you know bigger challenges than you would think just to kind of get yourself mentally situated uh, to, to be in here and to kind of growing up I definitely you know had to grow up quickly um, it, it also helped that you know I was in residence in my first year I think I was 21 and everyone else was, was 19 it, it helped me realize that like all right you know what I'm here now my age doesn't matter where I'm from doesn't matter like we're all kind of going through this together we're all kind of growing up I definitely helped that I was living on a floor with a bunch of you know students in SEMA probably one of the best decisions I could was being a part of that living learning community there uh, to get to meet a bunch of people in the program and and people that I call my good friends and some of my roommates right now actually um, coming from that floor but just in terms of challenges the adjustment was probably the biggest one that I faced and you know, figuring out what you want to do in your future as well, uh, on a little second half there, but, uh, everybody goes through that eventually and on their own and they got to figure out what they want to do. And we are all growing up, right? Eventually we're no longer going to be considered young adults. Eventually we're going to be full members of the workforce. So we got to get there. Right. And, and that was definitely challenging as well to get to the point where I am now to say, Hey, I'm going to do my master's."
0: hundred percent.
4: Yeah. Suzanne, do you want to go? Yeah, like if you want it, you can take it. Uh, sure. Um, it's been such a great experience, especially relative to what I was experiencing at York. And I'm a naturally super optimistic person, so even if I had these challenges, I don't really sit on them. I just push on, look at the silver lining, look at the learning opportunity, and push on. But if I look back, yeah, too. You know, was, yeah I've been trying to. Even when you sent these questions out a little bit before the podcast, I was having trouble coming up with a few challenges, but. There's two that come to mind one's very simple um i think like suzanne said when you go in and you get a, a bad mark you're just a little floored and you know i, I did very well in my first two years here at rock i think an 85 or something so i was just developing a bit of a perfectionism and then when i took a few third year classes thinking you know i was hot stuff and then you get that 50 on an essay that's for 20 it just throws you into us like it's a spiral you start questioning like are you as smart as you are is this the right path? If especially if it's in a course that you feel like you have significant passion for as a career path, uh, but you know, growing through those opportunities, understanding that you know, you may not have done well in this one, but there is those learning opportunities. You can, if you were to do it again with the feedback, you know, you probably would get a much higher mark. And uh, the knowledge is more important than the marks at the end of the day. So, um, being able to to manage expectations you set in yourself. Um, reassessing using those resources like i said back if you get that terrible mark you know there was one time hyatt he turned the like it was classic high school or dr hyatt he he gave me the paper but turned it upside down that's again he gave me a look and i knew exactly that i didn't do well on it and he has high expectations for me so i look at it and i think i got the 52 or 53 because i just missed the mark of the assignment that missed the point of it and you know i had out I went up to the offices and had those conversations with him and he kind of gave me step by step. So through that conversation, um, I was able to, you know, learn about what I was missing through that. And then or every assignment I've had with Dr. Hyde since I've gotten better marks, much better marks. So, you know, looking at understanding the bigger picture, I think someone mentioned that, I think Ethan did. Um, understanding that, you know, it's it's like one assignment isn't going to make or break your degree. Um, and it's, as long as you can learn through those those few failures and look at those opportunities, look at them as opportunities. You can turn it into a learning experience to take on with you throughout the degree. And then the other challenging part is leaving. like, it's just been such an phenomenal four years from 2017 to to now. Um, Again, best decision of my life. I am excited to take those next steps into the industry, uh, looking at some summer contracts and potentially one-year contracts next year. Super exciting to finally be able to, um, to, to work in the industry after not knowing what I wanted to do only four and a half years ago. Uh, so leaving is going to be challenging, uh, not sad, but just going to miss the vibes and the, the great experiences I've made along the way.
0: That, that's deep right there. That, that really, that really, that really is deep. Just, just, just to leave apart. That just, that, uh, that, 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 that sort, that sort, that sort of hits, that, that sort of hits different uh, to, uh, for, for sure. Suze?
3: Yeah, um, so like I had mentioned before, I didn't really know what university was. I didn't really, the trans, transfer program and things like that definitely could be enhanced at Brock. There wasn't really a kind of quick how to, this is what you need to know coming in. Um, so yeah, it was definitely on me to approach my profs and everything and talk about that. Um, I would also, a couple things, um, <laughs> definitely one, uh, being a female in sport management, um, this isn't a reflection of this, but you know, see, there's one of me, and there's four four males um, that I see right now, and um, it's definitely something that is not we're talking about and everything for sure, and definitely not swept under the rug. But when you look around class, and there's not as many people that um, are like you, it's definitely a little different, and it I'm not sure like does that make you work harder? Mm-hmm. Does that make you you know feel left out? Like whatever it is, and so it was definitely um, that was a learning thing, and then coming in mm-hmm. at third year, and everyone already has their their group and their clique and everything, I was lucky to meet a couple people on stream council and then just kind of stick to them and be like, okay, you have a new friend now. Um, so that was pretty cool as well. Um, <laughs> but also uh, the last thing kind of touching with the pandemic, I'm trying to find an internship was very challenging. Normally there's so many um, that are given to us and uh, for the winter semester, there wasn't many um, that were shown. And then I kind of had to reassess my expectations of what I wanted my internship to be like and had to realize that it was okay to not have the big name for my internship. I know it's kind you know, it's very Toronto heavy or very uh, big four heavy or whatever it may be. So um, I'm taking a lower level, if you will, um, position, but I know I'm going to get a great experience out of it. And I had to kind of convince myself that it was okay to not be taking something that's traditionally in sports, that's traditionally really recognized by everyone and that it's not a waste of my internship. And I think that's something that's not talked about a lot is that we're expected to get the big internship, have the big name. And when we don't, it's, it's still good. It's still okay. You're still going to gain something. Um, that was definitely something that I'm still coming to terms with and I'm excited for, but when kind of, you see more and more people, um, I guess is another one. I was just on LinkedIn and I saw a bunch of people, you know, talking about announcing their masters and getting really cool internships and things like that. And it's hard to not play the comparison game. Um, and everyone has their own steps, like, like, we're all, um, you know, older than the traditional graduating student and everything. So um, that's definitely something you have to remind yourself of is that, okay, just because I'm not doing that right now, it's fine, I'll get to where I need to be and everyone has their own path. Um, but yeah, so definitely that was something that had to, kind of had to step over and get over and um, figure out. So,
0: yeah. Uh, not, uh, great point, great point. Before uh, Neville, you uh, you go on to question, You go on to the last question here. Um, You know, you make, you make a great point and, you know, just, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, run your own race. Like, you know, as, as, as much, as, as much as it's, you know, really is hard not to care about, you know, when you see your colleagues getting these huge roles in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you know, does it, 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 does it does it really matter? Probably not you know when like and it, it's sort of, and and you know i get that this is bloody hard now with covid going on but you know it, it all comes down to self confidence self and, and self reliance and a and a and a and a, prog- and a, prog- and a progressive and a progressive attitude you know, you're gonna go into this program, and you're and you're and you're gonna and you're gonna develop a lot of skills. You know where your strengths are. You know what your you know you know what your you know what your you know what your weaknesses are. As long as you keep seeking opportunities, uh keep seeking opportunities that match those strengths, while adding to that collection of strengths, and on top of that, ensuring that you know you're just you're you're keep you keep you're keeping, you're keeping you're keeping you're keeping relationships on a on a, on a fairly regular basis, doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be all the time, but, you know, trends will tell you that the, that an opportunity is going to come down the line and you, and, and you're, and, and you're, and you're going to, and you're going to, and you're going to benefit from it. And, you know, again, it, it is hard to, to see, to see those like big opportunities, but you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, you, you look at your career and, you know, you say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a failure, right? Yeah, I always ask myself,
3: like, would I want that? Like, you know, you see things on LinkedIn and you see these positions and everything, and it's like, well, that's something that I like. Okay, like I'm, I'm not sad, but I'm am I jealous or you know what emotion am I feeling? That I'm like, okay, would I want to be going to that school? Would I want to be doing what that they're doing? Would I want to be working for that company? Um, and I think if we take time to kind of like realize, like, okay, LinkedIn and Instagram is a highlight reel. And, you know, everyone's putting out their accomplishments and it's awesome for them, but kind of like your own track and figure out what you actually want to do. And if you were in that position, would you be benefiting from it? Like you said, or would you be like, oh, I'm just doing this because I feel like I have to. Right. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, there's been times where I've had to delete the LinkedIn app. I'll be honest. Cause it's just like, I can't, I can't like, I'm happy for everyone. I just can't do it right now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> definitely
2: a good point I, I I really like what Sue's just said and I mean if, if you know me you know I'm a very like heavy on the lines right like the cheesy lines that like you'll get And she said LinkedIn's a highlight reel and it's not something that I've really considered uh, up to this point but I I mean if I, I if I could just jump in quickly here and, and kind of just you know speak on that um the whole running your own race thing it, it's a fantastic saying um at the end of the day who are you racing it, it really is yourself um, you know, person A may have gotten a job with, you know, Hamilton Cats in the Canadian Football League and you don't see yourself working in the CFL or, you know, person B got a job with the Vancouver Canucks and you maybe not want to work out West one day. So, I, I, I mean, I love that. And, and, and I think the running your own race is really kind of something that people can kind of keep a hold of. Um, but that line that Sue just said is not something that I have heard yet. And I really like that. So if that's okay with you, I'm going to start like considering that and maybe I'll use it one time and APA cite you um, if that's okay.
3: If you
2: don't use it, I'm gonna be upset. I'm okay. going to be on you here. know listen, you know me. I love my lines. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna be um, i love my
2: one I love my one liners, <laughs> so I may I may uh, APA cite you on that one. We one
0: haven't day. we oh we oh we haven't realized already, have we? <laughs>
1: yeah, Ethan, never stop those cheesy lines. I love them when you start out a student council meeting and end them with them. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh we're gonna end off on a good note here. So what have been some of the funniest or most lighthearted moments from your time as a Spema student, uh, Emmett? We can hear from you first.
4: Yeah, so uh, I wasn't a part of Spema council. I kind of regret it looking back, but uh, I was a huge advocate for residence life. I was a don for two years, and now I'm head resident this year. So that's kind of the four years of residence experience. Um, <laughs> being a being a Spema major as a don is is fun. And Neville, you you got four months of that earlier this year, so in a full year where we have 24, 2,800 students um, we have such an interesting program with amazing people at both the student and professor level. I'll speak to both of them really quickly. The students, you know, we, I was in Loneberger last year and the That's third the, floor, which floor, uh, I was the fourth. So I was the, I was the penthouse, but solid, the one, the I was,
0: I was, I was on, uh, oh, I was on the second uh, in my first year Ravens gang. Yeah
4: nice yeah yeah so i was uh, up on the top floor as a returning don and um the, the floor below me was known as the the busier floor uh between the lines there and a lot of them were sport management students just great great students i'm not gonna use kids because they were adults but great students um they would drive some of the other dons up the wall and i would t- love spending time with them and to the point where this year, uh, earlier in the year, like I know it was COVID, I was over in the uh, Elderberry area, having it's a backyard, a little bonfire, and a few students from a couple houses down peeked their head out the door, and I instantly recognized that I'm not going to use their names just for confidentiality reasons, but I'm like, hey, Low Hawks or uh, the Wolves, what's going on? And they're like, hey, what's going on? So just a really, really interesting experience being a sport management Don and developing some of those relationships with sport management students. Um, I'm always getting snapchats asking for help on assignments. Uh, I was a Don the year before and again sport management students still reach out to me. As a head resident now I have Dons who are in sport management uh, that look that asking me about marketing assignments all the time so apologize to professors if you're getting some of that fourth year knowledge and second year papers. but. Um, just a great experience, kind of that that pairing. And I didn't do the SPEMA council And again, if I were to go back, I probably would have. But uh, it's been an invaluable experience being at Don and and working with LLCs, like Ethan said, it's just a great time, um, involved in those communities. And at the professor's level, once you get to, and I can't stress this enough to anyone that's that's listening, you'll go to office hours even if you don't have questions about assignments and papers. They're great, great, great people. Uh, once you just you spend a year or two up there and they get to know you on a first name basis and they let you you start using their first name it's 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 amazing you can joke around with them play with them you know they're sport management professors they they know the culture of sport you know they know the locker room talk like they have they, they're fun people and they're uh, it, there's a lot of stories i won't go into too much detail about but uh develop those relationships because you'll have just some great 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 experiences and uh, a lot of funny ones along the way as well
0: awesome suz
3: yeah um so yeah, I have been here for two years and one of them was in a pandemic, so I don't have the residence is, it, is that weird? I don't have that experience. Um, it's kind of, I came to, to university to get more of an experience in college and um, so a little, feel a little bit gypped there, but um, it was definitely cool to just kind of be around students and kind of pretend like I had been abroad forever and stuff and, you know, go to games and things like that and, you um, definitely some of the People council events that we were able to do trivia night last, or I guess two years ago, um, I just was kind of thrown up on stage and was told you're now emceeing. Um, and I didn't know anyone in the crowd. I was like, okay, sounds good. So um, little things like that, that I know I'll remember that um, are very fun. We were able to go to a Hamilton Bulldogs game and there's a little networking thing there. And then that was one of the last live events I went to before the pandemic. So um, I know that was, it's, it's just those Susan, t- I
2: made TikTok there. We
3: did make TikToks. We came to Susan, I made TikTok. <laughs> um, so just like little things like that of that, that I know I'll look back on that are like normal. I feel like this is like what a university student should be doing that didn't get the residence experience at here, but still those little fun events that I know and I remember were, yeah. So take advantage of those. Um, I mean, we, we see now we don't really have a, a multitude of those all the time. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to do them when we had the chance.
0: 100%. Good, great points there. Ethan, to bit it off?
3: So
2: moments for me are like snapshots in time. Um, that's just the way kind of I look at them. You know, I won't remember, you know, the entire night of the Hamilton Bulldogs, but I'll remember when we made that TikTok, for example, or when we took the group picture in front of... Uh, in front of the boards or when we were uh, cheering, you know, at a penalty or whatever. So, so like moments for me, I, I just, I don't have the me- memory capacity to remember like point A to point Z and just these, these memories for me, they, they kind of happen again in snapshots. So that's moments for me. Um, I mean, you know, obviously in terms of, of moments, I can name dozen, I can name two dozen, whatever it may be. Uh, it's been a fantastic experience with Brock, kind of just like, Evan and Suzanne just like little stories that like kind of go a long way. I mean, it's literally as small as, you know, you're driving down the street and you're seeing your buddies working out and then you play an impromptu basketball game type of thing and you make some good memories from that. So it, it's as little as that. Uh, funniest, um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus here. Um, coming into Brock, obviously, I, I didn't really know what I, to expect. So I wanted to take advantage of, of it. And I actually, um, Dr. Chris Spence was one of my first professors at Brock and I had a form P92. And I you know, approached her and I said, listen, I want to learn more about the program and whatnot. We meet, so I, I go to her office and I meet with her. And first time ever meeting with Dr. Spence, I dropped an F-bomb um, in the meeting. So yeah, she quickly looked at me and she's like, you don't say that here. Um, oh, I forget, God. I forget the context. Um, I, I mean, I, I forget the context, um, but you know, it's just not professionalism. But it, it, it turns into a learning moment right away that I was like, oh shoot. I am professional now. I'm not just some kid anymore. I am developing into a professional. I need to learn how to properly, you know, express myself and communicate during meetings. So my first ever meeting, doctor Scent, I did drop an f-bomb. Um, again, I forget why. I forget the whole sentence, but that is something that did stick with me. And I figured you'd find it funny. Um, I figured you guys might enjoy that. Um, but just moments are, are, you know, screenshots, snapshots in time, which is. Yeah, you know, something that I really kind of take away is that like I won't remember everything about my three years here, but I'll remember specific moments or you know, points in time or liners, one liners that people said or when you drop F bombs in Kirsty Spence's office. Oh wow.
4: I say something on that too? Just I was focusing more on the funny part, but in, in terms of the lighthearted, I have very similar stories in terms of like interactions with certain people and professors. and uh, just one I wanna say out there. And third year, I was in globalization, so uh, about a year and a half ago. And I was in a bit of a rough shape um, in terms of my mental health for a few days, a few weeks at that time. And I would always sit at the front of the class and Dr. Burton would walk up to me and he he looked at me straight in the face before class said, but, uh, before class started and said under his breath, are you doing okay? Like, I see like, you're not, like something's up. I can see it all over your face. What's going on? And everyone's kind of filtering in the class and he's saying it just so that only I could hear it. And I'll, again, just like Ethan said, and it was great. Like I said, I'm fine. Just going through some stuff, but should be fine up in a few days. And I'll always remember that. And that's one of the one of the lighthearted moments and why throughout this entire uh, interview or podcast, I've been stressing to develop those relations with those props because they are great people. Um, I do have lots of little experiences like that, that are just made, like snapshots like Ethan said that have just made my experience even that much better.
0: Awesome point. Awesome point. Awesome point. Um like wow, well, well, uh we've reached the end of uh part one of the uh uh Speedway Council podcast season two finale and uh I first wanna thank my co host uh Neville for uh for coming, for coming uh, for coming on. Uh even though you're going to VP uh, uh, there's, there's always the chance of, uh, you going on again as a co-host in the future. Oh, I
1: will still be making appearances on this My Council podcast. If you don't I'm think that's speaking,
0: happening, then you and are crazy. I might you will.
1: This is not the last time you're hearing my voice.
0: All right. I'll, I'll hold your word to it. And I, and again, and again, thank you to the three of you for donating your time, uh, sharing your, uh, sharing your wisdom, uh, upon, uh, upon the listeners and, uh, you know, just uh, chat with us to to ha- to have to have a good to have a good time and uh, talk about your uh, speam experiences. So um, it's just around here to for uh, for the guests to have the last word. So um, uh, so whoever wants to jump in, uh, maybe say a piece of advice uh, or just a final thing to uh, end off end end, uh, end, uh, end off the show. Uh, the floor is yours. That's a lot of pressure, Will.
2: we do it we do it in every episode i know
0: i know but i I i've I've heard it and and i've never oh two count
2: i
4: guess mine would be life short uh the last eight seven eight years of my post-secondary degree i can remember vividly it goes by very quickly enjoy it have fun take risks because you never know where they'll transcend
0: you one day 100 percent ethan or Suze?
3: Um, I know Ethan likes to have the last word, so I will say mine. All right, let's take a little shot at him. I need that. <laughs> um, I would say um, don't sweat the small stuff, but also don't take the small stuff not seriously. And in that, I mean that you can get an opportunity, you can get an experience, um, you can yeah. learn a lesson out of really anything. Uh, you can develop a skill um by volunteering for the smallest thing or helping out a friend with something. So um, definitely just take advantage of everything that you can. And if we've learned anything through the pandemic, um i kind of keep saying you know eat the cookie go for the walk see the friend like whenever you ca- kind of can so um just do what you got to do make sure you put yourself first and um have fun with it that's really all life is right
0: great points there ethan for uh, the final word right, can
2: i say like four things that like all of the laugh a minute? i swear
0: <laughs> number
2: one <laughs> number one, I have to express gratitude uh, to the entire podcast team for putting this together and for all their hard work all year. Uh, your hard work is not going to notice. It has been a fantastic season. Working with every single one of you. I know Evan's not here, but you know kudos goes out to Will Neville and Evan for everything they've done. Again, thank you for organizing, it. thank you for having it. That's number one. Uh, yes, number two, my, my big congratulations goes to the graduating class this year. Um, you know, wherever your, your next steps in your journey, you know, kind of take you best of luck. Um, Definitely a huge accomplishment to graduate from this program, and although I didn't get the opportunity to meet many, if not all, the graduates, uh, regardless, you know they they deserve the degree. Uh, they're here for a reason. So, congrats to the graduating class, and two more things. More importantly, congratulations to everybody. Um, this is the weirdest year yet um, in terms of school. First time I've conducted exams online, so this year had so many challenges. So, just congrats to every single one of you guys for kind of pushing through and and getting through it and hopefully there's a normal to return to soon uh now for my piece of advice uh you know there's there's good betting odds on on what it's going to be but there's one thing that i've kind of preached all year and there's one thing that i really do like to live by um there's so much in this life and we've noticed that this year especially that's out of your control um you can really only control how you react to it or as i've said you can only play the cards that you were dealt um it's you know, a laughing thing at this point too, is it's kind of laughing because I say it so much, but it's really something that, that I've kind of lived by. And I've tried to, as you can tell, I've tried to instill this. I, whenever I, I speak, it's been the counseling is that there's so much out of our control in life. And there's so much that kind of goes on in the background that you can really only control how you react to it and how you proceed forward and what your next steps are. So, you know, take a step back. If you have to read the room, read the table, look at your cards, it uh, doesn't matter. You can still win playing seven dudes off suit. If anybody's a poker fan, you know, it's the worst hand in poker. So you can still win the hand playing seven dudes off suit um, and just, you know, do what you got to do and, and, and be the best possible version of yourself. Your name will really follow you everywhere. So those are the two, two things that I like to kind of live by. And just thank you for the opportunity. Uh, thank you, podcast squad, for putting this together. Um, thank you, Emmett. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you at has been a pleasure working with you. Uh, I can't wait to, to, for you to visit me, and I uh, can't wait to see you and uh, one of my favorite people uh, again when it's safe, hopefully. Um, just a big, you know, expressing a gratitude to everybody here.
0: 100%. That's a great way to end it off. And uh, that, that is it for part one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay classy, and we will see all of you in part two. Cheers, folks.